Jim Joyce. Happy Wednesday, my friend. Happy Wednesday, man. Happy Wednesday. We uh, we did get to actually catch up earlier in the week. That was uh, that was a pleasant surprise. Not on a, our typical Monday catch up, but um, yeah, I, I think it was right. Was it this week or last week? I can't even keep track, man. I think it was this week. I think we got a, I think we got some time in a Monday, but it may have been elsewhere. How was? Yeah. Uh, I see you're back in the garage. Are we in the garage last week? Mm, I have to look. I actually do look if I'm wearing the same T-shirt last week or not. <laughs> it was not. Uh, but I, no, I don't think I, I didn't look at the surroundings, but I am back to the garage. I got the little fan going. It's nice out. Um, hot, but nice. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, the big, 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 big news, uh, which made sense. And you know, shout out to uh, our old friends, you know, Pablo Pantaleone, uh, Megan Jones-Bell, well, uh, two Rachels, um, Claire Kennedy. I'm going to keep naming, name dropping. Maria okay, loves yeah. that. Headspace right. and Ginger, right? Um, the, the merger. I don't know who actually acquired who at the end, but uh, did you see that news? Right. No, no, completely not. I'm in my own bubble. I, 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 I typically am, except I started getting texts and stuff. Um, so headspace. Uh, and, headspace. And that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. You know, it, it makes sense, right? Because, I mean, obviously, there were individuals driving this, you know, headspace health uh, from a clinical perspective and some of those names that I've sort of mentioned. While it's very much of a great mass media brand name, right? I mean, you got right. some superstars, et cetera. And I actually think, you know, we talked about this in the show from right. a mental health perspective, it's out in the masses. Everybody needs to understand it. We need to get this out. And I think this combination of the clinical rigor of ginger, you know, plus yeah. uh, I think some good foundational components of that, plus the edutainment yeah. mass, right. I mean, it makes sense, makes complete sense. And the whole consumer, you know, it's kind of, you know, Headspace, I feel, is a very consumer, you know, facing proposition. Like there might be reimbursement for it, but you're generally paying for it yourself. We'll, we'll find out. I, you know, shout out to Jeff DeMasa, who just released an hour or so ago, the interview with both of the CEOs. So I'm sure we'll get more info on where they're going to the extent that they can disclose us. So. And then before we let our friend in here, um, yeah. the, the, you, when you were on stage with Glenn at the Health Excel event, you asked him a question. So when I saw this whole Google health disbanding there or, or kind of kind of siloing or their different health yeah. assets, didn't you talk about that on stage or? No, no, no. So, um, so we didn't in our fireside chat, uh, right. but um, I think Blake from, um, uh, from Business Insider asked the question. And so, you know, the preview or we'll direct the, our listeners and viewers to the full interview and the Q&A that will come out right. with Health Excel, I think, Friday, and, uh, pieces of that. Um, but right. the short version, it was great to be back in New York. It was great to be, quote unquote, on stage. It was great to finally dress up and put some pants on. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, back to, um, yeah, of course, the, the, the wonderful gentleman who's joining us. Uh, and as I texted him, I said, Jim and I were catching up, um, and um, I thought we had you on, but realized we didn't. For full disclosure, I've known Tim Jorgen, so joining in. I'm going to enter him in right now. Where's he calling in from? We'll find out. I think uh, Barcelona or Germany. So we'll see that in a minute. Um, is uh, Yep, he's unmuting. Now he's going to unvideo himself. There you are, Tim. Welcome to the shot. 
Thank hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. Thanks. Nice to meet you. We've, we've hung out together, Tim. You know, um, I, think, I think we haven't really had the chance so far, right? We need to get that into the agenda. <laughs> pleasure, pleasure to meet you. You look very tan. Are you in Barcelona right now or are you coming in from? Yeah, I'm in Barcelona enjoying the time and the weather and and, and hopefully heading to towards vacation next Friday, which is two days from now. So I'm counting the hours. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So we as before, as I was letting you in, I was telling our millions of viewers and listeners uh, that Jim and I were catching up and said, we thought we had you on. And that's, I think, when I texted you and then realized we're have not. And so, you know, here you are um, later than expected, but it is what it is. Right, so right. for, for since Jim doesn't know you uh, and neither do maybe millions of our viewers and listeners, as I keep referring to, <laughs> to the few and the, and the dedicated, um, tell us who Tim is. And, uh, you know, I know we, we met at Frontiers years ago. You were still wearing your pharma hat. So we had some commiserations going on, but I'll, I'll let you kind of describe yourself. Sure. No, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. So, Jim, Eugene, it's a pleasure to be here. And I, I, I would have joined earlier, but also later. It's just <laughs> great to be, hang out with you guys and, and, and be part of the journey. And, and uh, to the question, who, who's Tim? Yeah, I would, I would say I'm, I'm uh, you know, German-born, European-raised. And, and, and over the years, uh, my, I made my way into healthcare and through healthcare. Um, why through healthcare? Because I started within the um, let's say the the healthcare industry first pharma and then uh, quite a long journey in, in diabetes care uh, within Roche um, that led me through all different kinds of countries and functions and all on the commercial side and before um, I got promoted to to general manager always trying to to really bring uh, let's say health innovation into that, um, into that reality of, of, of big pharma, big diagnostics care processes and um, succeeded in, in some of the country organizations doing that with, with health programs in the diabetes care space. Um, before then, I got the opportunity to move to Barcelona, yay, a company which was on my bucket list and I finally <laughs> to, um, to. I second to that, yay. Yay, exactly. To set up the, the Digital Health Hub together with my tech colleague on, on, on the other side for Roche Diabetes Care. And, and, and the background, of course, was like, like in, in many other companies in the space, it was high time to set up, let's say, the, the digital component to really leverage the, the value of health data in, um, in, in daily care processes, specifically for chronic care. So of course I was I was thrilled to have that opportunity from a from a business side. So that that's what brought me to Barcelona, and uh, we set up that hub here in San Cugat, close to 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 the city. Um, it's still thriving, and uh, from there the the digital health therapy uh, approach and 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 support processes are being designed and implemented across the different countries of the world, um, as far as you can standardize them, because uh, some localization always. Yes, you know. yeah, so that, that's my background. Happy to be here. And I spent my time like 50-50 between Spain and Germany as well. Got it. I, I, I thought you said 80-20. No. Um, <laughs> that's, it's, it's the 50% the that we're not there right now. Right. Exactly. So now we are here. So you'll, you'll take over sometime soon, Eugene. Yeah, uh, hopefully very soon. But uh, 
so maybe, uh, and then now, uh, you know, we sort of reconnected again uh, as I was leaving, um, you know, the, the big pharma as well. And back again to Frontier. So kind of heads up to, to all the peeps watching November 11th and 12th, Milan. I think I got the dates right. Um, if not, Roberto and team will correct me. But um, you kind of said, well, leaving the big pharma or left already, I think at the time, big pharma and basically becoming a partner in a fund. And uh, tell us a little bit on, on Seedlink and um, full tr transparency. Seedlink uh, is a lead investor in your coach as well. So in it's our really seed round. Lead investor in your coach, I must I, I, That's even better. That's even better. No, exactly. So we, we met over there and I was probably already thinking about transitioning out of, um, out of let's say, big, uh, big diagnostics. Uh, why that? Um, nah, you, uh, big companies, of course, have, have, have the tendency to, um, to, to protect what's there. And that's always that, that, that challenge with, with a true innovation coming in. And I really wanted to, to spend, let's say, the second half of, of, of my professional life to give something back and also to, to, to leverage the experience I have in the field. And uh, where can you do that better than in, let's say, uh, smart money investment? And the, the, the process for that was uh, venture capital. And so we set up Seedlink here in Barcelona in uh, actually in January 2020. And wow. uh, that was coming with a very clear, clearly defined uh, investment pitch of going for digital health. And right. there, even more specifically into digital therapeutics, digital biomarkers, and also platform driven businesses like your coach, for example, and, and, and others. And we were, of course, quite lucky to set it up at that point in time. It was good analysis of what, what was needed. Kega was projected to be 30% on an annual base for the next six years. And, and, and what is more, you really can generate true health value for individuals. And you can, through those like, three categories, really implement the, the, the digital, um, through digital health, if you like, the value-based healthcare philosophy at its best. And that was what we were, were looking at because there's many pieces of innovation available, but what we really think in healthcare is needed is cost effectiveness uh, really need to be part of the game. Uh, quality of life needs to be uh, a, a true ruling element in innovation. And, and, and this whole concept needs to be supported also from where let's say the healthcare market um, our markets are going. And th this is the case in the space. So that's why we set it up accordingly. And then as you know, COVID hit, and, and I think that modified the growth expectations up, uh, the adoption rates up, and um, totally messed up our budget with regard to investment opportunities, because we planned, I think, to do four that year, uh, just to start slowly, and we did 11 in, in, in 2020. Wow. So 11 country, companies we are, now, we are now invested in, and, and, in, in and try to actively support. Yeah, yeah Europe... U.S. early stage seed, yeah, exactly. So early stage pre-seed seed, <laughs> all all um, about <laughs> Europe mainly. Two and a half companies in the U.S. right now. One is moving at the point in time. So, and we really try also to to help a little bit in that transition process wherever that's possible. Because what we see, pretty much, and and probably saw even more before COVID, but but still, it's there that that funding in Europe goes to a certain point. There's great tech transfer. There's great uh, pre-seed and seed funding in general terms. I'll come to that again in a second. And then whoop, it hits that glass ceiling 
right? And right. either you make it to the US. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or and the or, or, or raise money or raise money from your customers, right? Which I think some of the startups in Europe just been kind of hacking away at it. We we brought that up from you know, I think the, the telemedicine platforms that were successful in raising money from customers, but then therefore raising money from investors, right? So, yeah, exactly. This is what's happening, right? You, you, you have great opportunity to grow a healthy and, 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 and really beneficial business uh, in Europe as well. Uh, just the, 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 the unicorn growth stories you, um, to, to a biggest share you see, see happening in the US. And, and, and that is what I meant with the or. Yeah. Or you build a healthy, uh, beneficial business in, in, uh, in Europe and see where this brings you subsequently. You know, just, sorry, Jim, I was just making a comment. I was talking to another startup and, you know, while I'm a st startup co-founder myself now, I do enjoy talking to many startups a week. I still allocate my serendipity time. And it was a little bit interesting. It was, uh, uh, you know, not a European country again. I don't want to like, well, let's put it, it was in Canada and they're saying, well, we want to enter the U S right. The reality is while you physically no longer need to be there, if you really are serious about entering the US market, you need to live and breathe this thing, right? Like I, I think some of these days of, well, let's just hire a biz dev or half a person, a quarter person, you're either all in or you're not, right? And so I think that a lot of, especially your, the reason I bring this up is a lot of the European startups are like, well, let's, let's kind of play with it a little bit, but then you're diverting your efforts you're not focused on, you know, you either want to be kind of number one in your own country and then expand out or you, to your point, you prove something small enough and then just hop over, right? I don't know. That's my two cents on it. Um, I just think no, too exactly. many startups. And, and the interesting bit is I, I'm really curious to see how the platform play will, will, will develop specifically in the DTX and in the biomarker field because a great innovation to develop a certain biomarker or group of biomarkers or a specific indication-based uh, set of DTXs. Um, but then, you know, how do the do you get that from from that early stage, early adopter stage, into into full adoption, right? And what do we see in the space now? We see we see a lot of the big ones which uh, just spec out like pair, and others they are they are, they are they are building right they are they are building their portfolio from within and 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 inorganically so how will that journey uh, go and that's why i think i'm i'm absolutely convinced even even if you're not going to go for the big game right away in that space both biomarkers as well as uh, dtxs as long as you build a solution which is really making a true difference and and it's you know capable based on the outcome to, to qualify for, for risk sharing agreements and so forth, you're well set up to, to position that solution adequately. We, we had a whole, sorry, Jim, I'll shut up. No, I was wondering, do you see startups just pulling up what you're saying, Tim, do you see startups do risk share agreements right away from like that early stage? Um, I see them considering that and trying to find out how they could best do that. And that's where you get this, let's say, that knowledge requirement in which which normally is not really met at that early stage i, I just hopped off um, a, a a three hour mentoring session with a, with a startup where we discussed exactly this point right and mm. and and now you know if you're early enough you can prepare that you can prepare yourself with regard to good insights into the market and and, and can check that as one of the potential commercialization routes in specific subgroups uh, i think this will happen more moving forward to have earlier um, let's say 
very qualified discussions with, with in-market specialists to, to map out those routes in a very specific way, rather than saying, hey, great DTX, here I am. Um, I'll be the solution for each and everyone everywhere. Right. Yeah, you know, uh, and back a little bit to the platform and, you know, you, you mentioned Pair, right? I mean, in their, in their SPAC uh, slide deck, they even said, you know, we're a platform. Hey, come on board, right? If you have something. And, you know, where we, we had this discussion in the last DTX meeting on kind of the employer market um, discussions where, you know, in, in the drug world, I mean, that's been the challenge, right? Because we have as individuals comorbidities, right? Um, and you're in drug one and drug two. And, you know, these pharma companies are then tackling on, you know, uh, drug plus companions. And so how do we you know, does that, do we see this happening with digital therapies? And my short answer is, unfortunately, I think yes, right? Um, because every one of them, and I think this is where Pair, for example, is trying to preempt it and say, hey, we want to be the front door to digital therapies, right? Prescribable. Um, and come on and, you know, the user experience. I'm curious on both of you guys' thoughts on, on this, kind of comparing to the drug world. Jim, do you want to go first? I want to hear from you. Oh, <laughs> You know, I, I think it will happen. It, it will need to go into kind of a, a platform play for, for several reasons. You have the network effects. You need those networks effects uh, to really have uh, both uh, clinicians um, as well as patients um, utilizing a, a, a certain number of limited number of, of platforms for different purposes in, in, in life and health is one of those. Um, the second element in this is uh, also the, the, the whole set of competences you need to build out, be it, be it now the IP side or be it the regulatory side and these elements, uh, you'll need to leverage some synergies there. So uh, that's also what I tell the startups we're working with, you know, be, be, be excellent in what you do, build out the best solution rather than trying to do everything at, at, at scale. It's, it's, it's great opportunity to, to, to add at a point in time to your point solution, uh, a clinic approach um, with, with some medical support, but do you need to build your own platform for that? Or you rather go to your coach and, 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 and work with them to build out things or others, right? Yeah. So that will be synergies coming in that uh, triangle of, of digital therapeutics, biomarkers and platforms um, and, 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 and rather better, better prepare upfront, then, then um, you know, uh, let yourself be prepared at a point when you don't want that. I think about it, Eugene, like it's, it's just this massive logistics challenge. Um, you know, in some ways, like, you know, we have like with my company, we have a physical device that goes into the home. So that's an extra logistic challenge. But even independent of that, if you think about a digital therapeutic, it's like, I have to get access to your information. Um, I have to um, somehow get into your phone. Um, the, I have to somehow get into your doctor's way of reviewing records. I have to get into Medicare's reimbursement codes or whatever that systems is. So there's this kind of, there's this art of this. And then in the whole process of that, I can't sacrifice user experience, you know, so, so you're in this kind of constant constraint around that. So you wonder like when it like, take a company that tries to be a platform play and tries to be an actual digital therapeutic, the user experience challenge is mammoth. You know, and I think about like the debates we'll have around, you know, one element of this, you know, I think that's going to be one of the interesting things, because if it's not easy for these doctors and if it's not easy for these patients, then do we get the traction that we've seen, which is, which is pretty nascent right now. The traction is pretty nascent at the moment. Yeah. Exactly. And I think the, 
sorry, in the traditional, I think, pharma world and, you know, the drug plus and the companions, right? So design was never a part of the discussion, right? Like, and just thinking, I mean, I know, Jim, I, I still remember the day where you ran over to me in, in London when you just had the concept of Health Beacon, already thinking about what is that beautiful interface on touch and feel and how do you interact with it? We just at your code, we just reinvented the whole onboarding process in the last quarter, right? Because we kind of said, well, this shit ain't going to be good enough, right? Let's reinvent it. And so I think we're coming to where I think the DTX companies are looking at it from an experience perspective. I still think the healthcare core, you know, the sick care part is still looking at it as an efficiency. And now the two worlds are kind of com- you know, coming mm. together. So I don't know. That's my, my two cents, but I'm rambling. I think I need a drink. No, and I, I agree. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea for. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I you know, as an invest, I mean, it's uh, you know, from just two p.m. here, so I, I am ready with a bottle, but unfortunately, I have calls for <laughs> oh, another yeah. six. So. I've got some, I've got some hard seltzer here because it's seven o'clock here in Dublin. <laughs> uh, you need to prepare me um, better, really. Okay, so I'll I'll be prepared next time. No, but just one thought uh, on on yeah. what you just said on the platform play. I think it, it it doesn't stop by building that that more platform oriented digital piece. But the next step somehow will be um, to bring 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 those um, digital providers and brick and mortar together again. And I'm really curious to see who's taking over whom moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. Looking at, at at the valuations and the acquisition. Uh, play they can do with uh, with stocks specifically the digital side so this will be the next interesting um, bit, which will also be needed from my perspective to fully leverage the power of digital um, right so just as well, a- meet, meet meet individuals where they are at the end of the day right um and and i actually remember rewinding back to my old metco health pbm days where the model was you know shipped to your door and then we were kind of talking, I think at the time, if I'm not mistaken, CVS bought Caremark, right? So Caremark was a standalone, you know, ship to your door. And everybody's like, well, no, why, why do you need to stores or whatever? Well, guess what? The, the, between the Evernorth and the CVS Caremarks, that footprint of retail or clinics, are in, it's still there. Because not everybody wants to be online or has access to it. So and they're it'll be fascinating. Topic the big profitable, useful businesses that, you know, thank God we had them say in the States, you know, to deliver vaccines or, you know, to be there as a support system, right? Like it's, um, they haven't gone anywhere. Everyone talked about them going away, but they haven't gone anywhere. But what do you think? Go ahead. No, no, no. I I was going to rewind back to get some gossip on pharma because we're both, but but, (laughs) but go for it before we get there. Let's go for some gossip. Let's go. Uh, some gossip. <laughs> Did you have a thought on this? Because we can come back to that. I don't care. Uh, well, you know, the, the thing, and we can pause on it, but, you know, we randomly bounce across thoughts here, Tim. This is the part. Meticulously but, unproduced. <laughs> but I, what I was thinking about was if I did 11 investments, right? I did 11 investments and I did them, I guess, at the beginning of, of you know, what we've been going through over the last year and a half. This is kind of a, 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 a COVID safe zone, Tim. But the... Um, if we think about it, <laughs> right, nice. Um, but like building companies that all of a sudden have to change their operating models in terms of how they manage companies, how they interact with their customers, how they interact with investors and seeing, you know, and you sounds like your earlier stage, you know, what was that like in terms of helping them, coaching them, keeping them on track? The, the the interesting bit in this is you, you're absolutely spot on. As we're pre-seed seed, we come in at that point where others don't really dare to get in yet 
and, and we can do that based on the on, on, on the experience uh eugene you know our discussions on 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 the stuff right and uh, so it's 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 we have a let's say a risk reduction by experience because we can compensate for some of the elements uh my, my partner and i in this and um the, the the process was on the contrary it was it was just uh, an encouragement for, for, for digital health solutions as such. It was an ask for, for solutions to be digitally solved at the point in time when nobody could be physically attended. And there was a shortage of uh, financial means because at the very early months specifically, the existing investors were you know, uh, trying to find out where the ship goes. And, right. and 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 supporting their their startups they already invested in. So for us, to be really honest, I, I think it was part of an ac accelerator in that sense uh, because of this perfect storm for a newcomer into the space with 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 some some deep experience and 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 the willingness to take calculated risks. I would say. Got it. So what's the you, cal you calculated well. Um, <laughs> so far, we are happy. So, so far, so good. Um, so I, I wanted to go back because um, I, I actually remember and I did pause on my book writing, the, the hard pill to swallow, because while, you know, my premise a bit was, yeah, it only takes an hour. We all know context and dedication and focus is key. And so I did my 19 chapters and I paused. But I do remember, I think in maybe you know, newsletter number two or three, I get an email from Tim and saying, hey, you know, happy to sort of contribute as somebody who's been on that journey for 15 plus years or something like that inside pharma. So uh, 24. Yeah, 24, okay, wow. I, if you count pharma as well, yeah, it's crazy. My goodness. Yeah, yeah, just, uh, but. So if I turn like that, were you, you like, see were you like seven, dude? Yeah. Like seven? <laughs> I said you were seven years old when you started or something? I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Um, Thank you. So, to the extent that, you know, obviously, I mean, we, we've talked many times actually with guests on here, right? I mean, I think um, I, I always preface it. I mean, you know, pharma has been saving, going to continue saving lives and improving lives. And I think it works, right? And I always joked around to a certain extent that, you know, the fact that pharma is so successful with large margins is preventing them from being even more successful. That's kind of my summary of it all, right? Um, when it comes to especially to digital and, and, and digital experiences, brands, functions, uh, you know, navigating, like, you know, I know you were involved with my sugar, you know, at the time bringing that into kind of the Roche umbrella to the extent, again, like would love your thoughts and experiences through, and especially, you know, I did my three and a half year stint in really one role. I know you've, you know, you've been from country to different functions, to different leadership roles. Give us the lowdown, man. I know it's a lot to Sentences, one sentence. I'll, 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 let me let me get into that just briefly. I think what what what's the great thing in 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 pharma and in diagnostics, uh, su supporting people at scale and systems at scale, um, is in to a degree in the way for early innovation and for uh, what is more for implementing early innovation effectively into care processes. Why is that? because of the limitations which are built into the system. If you have an organization with 20,000 people, just to, to say something, if you have a change process, it'll take five years. And it, it is about changing mind first, changing 
it's AIDA in the end, right? Changing understanding, changing, um, let's say, the, the willingness to be part of the journey, um, the understanding of how that can happen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that is through all the different functions from, from, from research to, to, to sales in the end. Uh, and I went through several transitions um, in sales organizations to, to, to help them prepare for that next, next stage, which is not a big jump. It's just the next stage. And we mm -hmm. see, take GDPR as an example. You have a digital, you build a digital business coming from, a, let's say, physically driven um, device disposable model, just to mention that um, your whole business is threatened by GDPR um, in that sense that if you do a mistake, uh, you have to, to, to deliver like up to 4% of your annual sales. That's a yep. healthy um, control mechanism. Sure. Um, and, and you see that in uh, that, that the consequence of that uh, carefulness, which needs to be there, um, also to protect that large numbers of, of, of um, practitioners and individuals and the system in the end, um, it, it, it leads to some limited speed in implementation of these elements. And that, that, that's basically my lowdown. And that is also part of the reason why I said, hey, second half, um, you know, I, 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 let's say I take a few layers out of the setup. Uh, we have uh, now the leanest organization I have ever had in my professional career. And um, that doesn't mean that we are not efficient. No, but we're looking at another field and, and we help basically scale um, very early innovation to that point where it can be nicely fitted into that um, ecosystem and environment, the, the bigger companies, be it pharma, be it uh, biotech, or be it, uh, be it uh, diagnostics are currently creating. All of them are building ecosystems. All of them uh, build a data backbone. All of them set up their, their HCP um, and their, their, their patient-facing uh, front ends. Now, uh, into that, you will need to inject selected innovation pieces be it DTXs, be it biomarkers, or be it selected specific, specialized platforms into that, that, that that's going to happen. Let's, let's help, help, help big pharma and big, big uh, dyer in that sense to, uh, to thrive and where they're good at by providing some good, uh, good tools and some OEM parts, they, they, they can scale uh, successfully in, in, in the systems and through the structures they have established. You know, I think it's wild. I mean, what a time to be coming in, you know, with an early, I always felt like early stage might've suffered during this, uh, you know, times that we're in because, you know, because it was one of those, you know, preserving resources, digital health has been around for a little while now, you know, there's a lot of interesting uh, companies out there to invest in and in it, and it's, and it's, there's so much attention in the market, right? So it's kind of hard to get attention if you're a seed uh, investors. So I always thought, but it's great to see you doing, you know, to going at it, but I don't think anyone, obviously no one thought of that this digital health acceleration path we've been on. But the other thing is these public markets, like that must be wild for you. Cause when you were putting, putting your fund together, you couldn't have contemplated, I mean, unless, you know, you had a complete, you know, <laughs> soap, you know, crystal ball, but you couldn't have contemplated the idea that you could SPAC out mergers and acquisitions, public markets, plus very robust, you know, series B markets and venture markets and private equity. Um, I mean, how are you reacting to all that now? How's that changing the model versus when you set it up at first? Uh, one word, accelerating. 
just accelerating. In the first asset, we said we wanted to, to build slow. We wanted to build with four. We want the companies in the first year. We wanted to establish, uh, um, uh, let's say, solution in the market, uh, which, which, which uh, meet a clearly defined unmet need um, effectively. So that was pretty much a, a, a safe bet in that sense that at that pre-seed seed stage, um, quite a bit in that uh, that area can be can can, can be judged early and and uh, you, you can calculate that risk now uh, the appetite for risk is increasing in the whole market on the one hand side i don't know how many uh, funds have been newly established right now everybody wants to get into digital health right now they are in in, in germany holzbring has been has, has, has mm-hmm. set up in, i think in november last year 60 million first closing only digital and a little bit of fintech so it, it's quite a bit of appetite for growth and risk coming in that space as the reward has been proven last year. Um, for us, that means be even more selective because the, the, the early stage prices are being driven up. Let me be neutral on that. Yeah. And, 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 and not necessarily the value is driving at the same point or at the same path. So we need right. to be even more careful. On the other hand, um, as the appetite is coming and and the network effects of of, of that specific investment focus are, are, are really proving out already now um, we 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 can we can really grow quicker than than we thought originally because the appetite for that specific segment of digital health is growing significantly and the use cases as well you know i just want to maybe add to this and you know obviously we were sort of in the midst of that you know the, the C-19 hit, right? And I would kind of say, even not as an entrepreneur looking at this, you know, March, April, May, everything was kind of like, holy crap, what do we do, right? The whole, I mean, the whole world really, and this is more US focused from a March perspective, right? But I think then it quickly stabilized. And again, back to this, you know, uh, I think Tim, you mentioned earlier on smart money, not, not the kind of follow-ons we need to get into this, but the smart money, I think, also realized, and this is back to the early stage, that the best innovations, inventions, and businesses are built during the hardest times, right? I mean, if you look at some of the great companies were built in Great Depression, right? The dot-com bust generated a whole other. So I think we're going to see this, and this is why I think we've actually did see quite a lot of, I remember this, decisions were made by, I mean, a lot of VCs were out there and saying, hey, from application to whatever, we'll let you know within three days, right? They were making deals. I mean, the fact that, you know, we, you know, Tim and team took risk actually in March, April, right? <laughs> As this thing hit. So I think this is the, the dynamic. Um, and I think we're going to see much more. On top of it, we now have the seasoned entrepreneurs that came from pharma insurers, have raised hundreds and millions, built the companies, et cetera, and are going to do it again. So I think this whole space is just ripe, ripe for early innovation, ripe for follow-on innovation, ripe for, I don't like to use the word disruption, but I think reinvention. I think when we, if we were to fast forward, what we're all going to have to reconcile is expectation on traction of the actual products, you know, going into the marketplace. And and even our own, you know, even my own mindset of like, as we bring a product into the market, it's like, you know, what should my KPIs or my goals be in the first quarter, the first month, the first year, you know, when I enter a new market, it might just be, you know, getting relationships with a key German insurance provider that could lead to a pilot, 
And that might be the right expectation for nine months or something, right? You know what I mean? Which, is, which sounds, if you're a tech investor, that sounds very painful, right? Like that sounds like a very painful, yeah. um, but you can look at it and say, hey, no one's gotten an insurance contract in less than nine months. So why should you have an expectation that you're going to get an insurance contract in two months, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and helping a little bit with the expectation management, be, be, be um, a, a good, healthy, uh, friendly challenger internally before you uh, get challenged right. externally, right? These, these elements are extremely helpful. Or just make a little phone call and, 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 and tell your, your boss from like 10 years ago that the big black book is needed to call a few health insurance companies. So this kind of stuff, I think, makes a big difference. And if you go into it a little bit more pragmatically, um, and I hope we can still do that in a few months from now, um, a little cliffhanger. Um, yeah, yeah then, then, then you really can make a difference. But if you see what you, what you can do, I, let me just show you one thing. Right? Do you see that? You know what that is? That's it. blood pressure. Blood pressure, yeah. This is, this is the new way of measuring blood pressure. You don't need your cuff anymore. Uh, three times measurement, calculating the average, and then put it into a white piece of, 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 of something. You take your phone, you video your fingertip, and you have a clinically accurate blood pressure monitoring on the go wherever you are. That's Biospectral, where we were a lead investor earlier this year. They just closed uh, their, their 4, million, um, 4 million seed round. And it's, it's just... It's just right. so clear that it needs to be there. It's so clear that every digital health provider, basically remote monitoring provider, needs to have something like that and not some technical device which is artificially linked into. Um, uh, so this will be the next next stage, and we will see this kind of moving from from classical way of capturing biomarkers uh, to a digitally enhanced way, and then it's only one step further to apply the algorithms um, to identify early um also the the the, the, the let's say the findings um and and and, and uh, initiate the relevant treatment earlier than it can be mm -hmm. done today so it's so like, obvious that it needs to happen our, our friend uh, uh Shridhar, you must know Shridhar from you know from misfit werewolves and now doing elemental um he always says like he's been a data kind of you know company builder for generations now at this stage but it's always some data uh, is better than no data and yeah. and that's kind of that's been a that's if you think about it, that's been kind of the battle of adoption in some cases is you know i want perfect data or do you want some data you know and some data might actually be the difference between helping someone or not you know absolutely yep. early warning signs even right so and again back to i i love the fact that it's clinically validated but even you know there were solutions on the market there were not but you know from a cell help self-identification and we always say your coach like put your own mask on right self-help is actually important and so awesome um jim i'm just watching the the timing i think this is now uh, we can keep unraveling more into pharma we didn't get to talk that much about it which is okay um we've, we've spent enough time there um so, do you want to go for your uh, famous sure sure so picture picture yourself picture yourself a um uh, a, a young German former pharmaceutical executive that just left big pharma and decided to move to Barcelona uh, to get some sunshine. And you've come up with a brilliant idea to set up a new digital health company. What advice would you give that uh, young executive becoming his first time entrepreneur? Find your right 
alter ego first yeah find that individual you know you'll be able to build everything with and have a few good beers in the evening right so uh, complement your 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 skill set in that sense sense and 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 spend some time on, on on really challenging your idea and then have friends challenge your idea and then have somebody knowledgeable uh challenging your idea and get get some some um, let's say well-networked individuals um early very early in the process before you farm and then get the right ecosystem set up like in Barcelona, I would tell tell people, you know, uh, you know, get into the Barcelona Health Hub uh, first. You'll find all those friendly founders, which can be your sparring um, at this early stage, and and you'll find the investors, and they will link you into EIT Health, and you'll get the good sparring. That's probably what I would give as advice to such uh, such a such a young Tim, uh, just uh, <laughs> at the verge of founding something great. Awesome. The alter ego. Or, or I would tell him, you know, to the not that young one anymore, you know, go out <laughs> and, and, and share your experience and, and set up a venture firm. No? Yeah. There you so go. Perfect. You're definitely the first one. Get an alter ego to challenge your ideas and have a few beers with. I love it. I love it. <laughs> we will we will need to uh, you know cut cut all these. I think uh, if I'm if I'm remember correct there, uh, Edward Clubhouse challenged us a bit on this. So um, yeah, definitely. The, definitely. The summary of the 70 plus people. Awesome. Well, um, you know, right before the holidays, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm excited for you to go on a holiday and then hopefully see you back uh, when you get back in Barcelona. So That's how we do it. Joining. It was a pleasure to be with you guys. Thanks a lot for now and looking forward to seeing you soon. Auf Wiedersehen. To all of those. To all those watching, hit that subscribe button and share us out. Awesome. <laughs>